Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Leslie Lassant and her doula, Karen Fields. We were introduced to Leslie's birth through her share of her experience on social media, small snippets of her reflection of what she captioned, a posture of gratitude. We are thrilled to have them both here to share that reflection of her home birth. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having Hello. me. Thrilled to be here. Can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. Um, well, I'm Leslie, originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, represents the Midwest. I also went to UW-Madison. Um, yep. <laughs> Go Badgers. So, um, yeah, I've been living in um, LA, I guess, the whole pandemic, basically, like, one year celebration, I guess, had just came up. Um, before that, I lived in New York for eight years. But, um, you know, uh, I am an actress, a writer, creative consultant, coach, personal trainer. Um, and I host a lot of empowerment retreats for women internationally. Um, before COVID, you know, the last trip I did was Columbia. And it was amazing. And I missed it. But no, I would say overall, all those things is I'm, I'm just a helper. I love helping people. Um, so they're connected, as I try to tell my husband. I am multi-passionate, but they are connected because I help people. <laughs> so yeah, just a little bit about myself. I have a five-month-old. He'll be six months in a week. And um, I've been married for seven years. I'm Karen. I am also in the LA area. I live in Pasadena, California. If anybody watches the Rose Bowl, the beginning of the year, generally, when we are not in a pandemic, that's where I live. I have three daughters, nine, six, and four. It's crazy. I call my four-year-old my baby. She's forever going to be my baby. I am a childbirth educator, birth doula, postpartum doula, lover of all things birth-related. So excited to be here. We are multifaceted people doing a range of beautiful things. That's what it is. (laughs) Well, Leslie, can you start, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? What was that like? Yeah, I was going to say it was exciting and amazing, you know, like first birth, first try, you know, like, like, um, definitely like super excited. I think in the beginning, I had, I realized that I was like, um, holding on to all the women's stories that I've heard, like all the women in my circle of like, it's gonna be hard or don't tell nobody because miscarriages are common. So I felt like I didn't know, but in my body, I was holding that. Like I was excited, but I was scared. And my husband had this excitement and later we talked about it. He was like, I feel like you push my excitement down because of your fears. Cause he wanted to tell everybody. I was like, no, we have to wait. You know, after the first trimester, he's like, I want to tell this person. And so I was very much like, no, not right now. You know, we got to wait till we get the clearing. Um, but the first trimester, super sick, morning sickness all the time. Um, and it went a little bit into the second trimester as well. Um, but I would say that, one, I had prepared to be a mother. Like, I was in a preparation. So a year before, I, like, volunteered in children's ministry at my church I was serving two families I was really you know reading the books I had a you know like a a goal sheet of like I want to read parenting books I really want to like understand a little bit more about this 
Um, and so I would say there was a, there was a lot of preparation. Like I was like excited about this, and I think I was excited because I wanted to parent a different way than I, than I grew up in. And I also the two families I witnessed, which was my my pastor's family and um, the executive pastor's family um, back in New York. I just saw how they did it differently. Like I never seen a family like have prayer time, or I never seen a father and their daughter like have this one on one time because I grew up without my father. So it was like really like eye opening, like the Montessori method, or like why is the bed on the floor? Like just learning all these different things. And so I was like, I'm really fascinated. So I think most of my pregnancy, I would say I was information junkie, but in a positive way, you know, I was like reading it, sharing it, you know, super excited. Um, since college, I took a, a class, um, a woman's uh, history, a woman's, what was it? Woman's bio biology class my last year, where literally I, for, for, the, for the first time ever, like did research on home births. Because before that, I never met anyone who had home birth. I had a roommate who was a home birth. And I was like, what is that? What do you mean? You know, like, I just never knew that was a possibility. And so this class really, I like really opened my eyes to the possibility. And then my thesis was research on why it's safer to have a home birth than at the hospital. And everyone thought I was crazy. You know, this is, you know, I think the peak of like birth, um, the Ricky Lake documentary, um, this is hot. Uh, the business of giving birth. Um, this is, you know, I'm reading Ina Marie Gaskin. You know, I'm doing research on the granny midwives and like, you know, really digging into it and excited. But I would say that stuck with me through my whole life. Like that class impacted my entire life. That class is the reason why I decided that I wanted a home birth. Like, you know, when I met my husband, I was like, just so you know, I'm deciding to have a home birth when it comes. You know, like I just knew there was no other option. I just was like sticking to it. And I'm so happy I did. Um, and I'm very happy about like my health, if that makes sense. Because I also want to acknowledge like, in certain context, that's a privileged statement, you know, like, depending on your health, depending on like how you're doing, depending on your, you know, genetics, um, to know healthy individuals, especially during a pandemic that I was able to have like a pretty healthy pregnancy. Um, I would say like, you know, um, throughout each of the trimesters, there was no, like, hiccups, if that makes sense. Like, there wasn't like, okay, you need an extra ultrasound, or we need a the babies and measuring, right? Like, I think it was very um, healthy. And I think one thing that was great was just having the support during the pandemic, because if anything, I was worried about the grief. I was worried about crying over, you know, George Floyd. I was worried about Brown and Taylor, like, how that was impacting me. And knowing like this is impacting my baby, so like it is going to stunt his growth. It's going to make him come out early. Like I didn't know how my grief, my process um, during you know being trapped in the house, the, all like being isolated, um, missing my mom, missing connection. Like I didn't know how that was going to impact me. And so I think through my pregnancy, one um, working with Karen, which was so amazing. Um, because we met before the pandemic, but I think I really had to ask for more from her. Um, like I had to ask like, yo, can we just pray together on a morning, like at once a week? Like, because there's negative thoughts in my head telling me that like, I can't do this. There's like a distraction of like something's wrong with my baby, even though I don't feel that in my spirit, but like, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I, I felt like I had to be vulnerable and ask like, I need more help. I need reassurance. I need to know that I can do this. 
Um, and she gave, she gave that to me. And I was scared to ask. <laughs> Do you remember, Karen, when I called you? I remember that. <laughs> it was it. It was really, you know what? I think everything that you shared is so, it's just, that is the story of so many people who have birthed in this last year and even coming into this year, right? Because we're still very much in the pandemic. And I, I feel, I mean, you know, I could go on and on about the relationship that Leslie and I have. It really is just such a special thing. First of all, she, she hired me. This is probably the soonest anyone has ever hired me. I think she was like maybe 12 weeks or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And so we, I, we literally have journeyed together right through her entire pregnancy in this pandemic. And I mean, it was heavy. It was a heavy year, right. For everybody. And so I didn't feel like she was asking too much of me. I think part of my job, right. Is really to meet my clients where they're at. And that very much was where she was at. And she needed that extra support, that weekly support, that connection a reminder of like, hey, you're not alone, right? We're in this together. I'm with you. I feel like we all need that. But especially, right, while you are pregnant and navigating all of the things in the middle of a pandemic, away from your community, away from your family and friends. I mean, that's a lot. And that's that's rough. But she, I mean, she did it. And I mean, it's a testament to her strength, right? And to the work that she's, she did on the front end, right? When all the things that you're talking about, Leslie, all that prep work. And when I say prep work, Leslie and Carvin's, her husband, we, they were, I'm like, do y'all just want to teach these classes or, you know, do, they were so prepared every meeting that we had. Cause we did some childbirth ed, you know, uh, before that, before like our prenatals and stuff. And <laughs> they just, I mean, they knew things, <laughs> so many things. And I, I mean, I appreciate that too. I, I appreciate a couple who comes to the table educated and knowing what they want. Um, but sometimes I had to like fact check myself. I'm like, am I saying the right thing? Right? Is this, I mean, because they know things. So I can't just like be making facts up on this. <laughs> no, we so appreciated the extra classes. I think, you know, when we're looking for doulas, it's very standard, like the, the three. And you could talk more about that, Karen, about like, you know, um, you know, when you meet them and then the pre two prenatal, one post, and we were like, that's it? You know, <laughs> we were like, yo, we got to put in the budget. We going to need more time. I'm sorry. Like, you know, not just be here the day of and everything, but just, you know, throughout the pregnancy, we're going to need to build more because this is how I think we operate in life. Like, we want intimacy. Um, and so we knew, you know, all right, add that to the budget. Like, whatever is extra, like, we want it. Um, so yeah, just to, um, go back to your question about the pregnancy, like it was, um, so like beautiful, even though there was so much going on. Like, I feel like I would go to the beach, which I was really grateful for. Like, you know, it was my first year living in LA. So like, that is what helped me with joy that helped me stay grounded, right? Going out in nature, my midwife. Um, Bliss kept encouraging me, like, get outside, walk around, walk around. And yes, there could be this duality. Oh my God, I'm so scared. But I also, I also knew no one's going to be there. You know, I can go Tuesday morning or like there were certain times where I could go where I knew it would be isolated or less people. And so I was able to get outside to feel safe, to get some fresh air, to ground myself. Um, and then 
I think just I had so much to look forward to with meeting Karen and seeing my midwife. Like those are the things that were on the calendar. And I was like, I get to interact with someone. I'm so excited. Um, and so those are the highlights I would say throughout the pregnancy. Um, for yeah, those are the highlights. And that's what like helped get us through, honestly. One, I'm like laughing so hard at like to your husband, just so you know. It's like not about the house, not about like what the wedding's gonna look like. I'm having a home birth. Are you prepared, sir? <laughs> Up front, this is what we're working with. <laughs> Love and it that. was a lot. It was a lot because, you know, he's he's Haitian, his mom's a nurse, his sister's you know, his whole family's a nurse. And, you know, they're like, Oh, you don't feel it? Okay, he popped this. I'm like, I don't feel it. Can I get the essential oil, please? Can we turn the diffuser out? You know, like we're just complete opposites with that i'm like you know what you need to do is just grind some ginger you know like so i think what was cool is that it became like a bonding experience for us of like hey babe let's watch business of being born let's watch you know this documentary hey can i read you this story or like even putting them on the birth podcast like on his instagram scroll he's still got all these births you know um instagram handles that still show up that's he's like did you see this you know, he's showing me different birds. And so I think he was heavily involved, like, especially um, when he began to talk to his friends and they're like, no one asked me about my son's birth. And, you know, there was a lot of different questions that came up that he was asking his friends that are fathers that they didn't know. You know, like he, he asked, I think, um, like postpartum stuff, like, oh, did you do this? Did you have to help her in the shower? They didn't know. They couldn't remember or maybe it was a mom who came in town. Um, but it was just very eye-opening for him about, you know, um, the hospital for the called Mommy and Me. You know, it, it, he, you know, the books aren't asking, okay, second trimester, how you doing, mom? How you doing, dad? You know, it's it's all about the mom, which you understand mom and baby, but like there was also a father involved, you know? So I think his experience was like, wow, this pregnancy world is very isolating to the father. How do we change that? How can I be a part of it more? Um, and so that was something that I think was both like eye-opening of like, oh, how do I include him more? But also I was like, but what about me? <laughs> like, I think there was this like, Okay, babe, how are you doing during our, you know, um, uh, prenatal sessions with our do with our midwife and with and with your dad when we get together? I, I I always I felt like I was I was definitely juggling um, thing. Did I isolate my husband in this meeting? Did he feel included? Um, and then also like thing that I did I get what I needed to get from this meeting? You know, so I felt like that that was a juggle, and I think specifically because of the pandemic, because he too, these are his only people he's contacting. So as I'm excited to see Karen, he is too, you know, because it's the only other person we're seeing. So I think acknowledging that like, he's also excited. He's also, you know, first time dad. He's also wanting to do this differently. Um, so I think it was exciting that we're both learning together um, during this process. Yes. So many layers to all of that is so true that so many um, families are, and especially um, birthing parents are trying to figure out like how do I get what I'm need needing but also not isolate my partner from this like because they also have a lot of needs too that may be talked about or not talked about at all um, and I know one thing that you you had spoke about doing was you had a 
um, a mother's blessing ceremony, but then you also had one for your husband. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I knew like, you know, virtual baby showers, but I was like, oh my God, there's going to be so many people on there. You know, like you're just turning on the page and trying to see the people and it's like great, but like overwhelming, you know, it's like, did I hear her? Was she on? I don't know. And so I was reading and, um, so many books. Which one did I read this in? Um, I can't remember which book I read it in. Maybe it was the first 40 days or one of these pregnancy books was describing a blessing. Maybe it was nurture. I can't remember. But it was one of these books I was reading that kind of described a blessing way. And I was like, oh, this this is like a prayer circle. Okay, I'm with it, you know? Like, you know, in person, they'd be laying hands on me. But, you know, virtually, they just, you know, send for it, you know, virtually. So, I read it, I thought it was really intimate. Um, and one thing that st- stood out to me was, um, I, I think I, I had I'd read something on blogs that people were doing it in person and people would bring something. And so I thought, well, what about affirmations? Because words is part of my love language and that's something that like Karen had um, given me affirmation cards and had been a part of my pregnancy journey. Like just affirming myself, like my body is made for this. I can do this. Um, and so I I asked my best friend, I said, hey, this is what it looks like, you know, virtually, just maybe a prayer, um, have people say certain, you know, maybe it's um, people can affirm me in different ways. And really this idea of like, how do we celebrate people who are alive? Because there's a lot of like celebrating death um, and like, you know, that whole thing of giving people roses when they're alive. And so that was kind of like what I had expressed to my friend of like, you know, I just want to feel loved on and celebrated. Um, and I, and I asked, like, can everybody bring like an affirmation or a poem or something? Um, but what they didn't know is afterwards I printed it out and I put it on the wall in the nursery and it was something that I like read and was really just like this space no longer felt just like my space. It was like, you have, you know, friends praying for you from all over. And so, um, that was like really special time. It was intimate. I think it was like six or seven people. And it was just like each person, um shared like why they think I'm gonna be a great mom or like what they're excited about and it just felt like a time to be loved on like just showered in love and affirmed that like you got this even in a pandemic and I think for my husband I felt like man like I wonder if he you know he could totally benefit from this I think this would be great if he got his um friend fathers together and so I just sent an email, you know, with his friend, and I said, this is what it is, this is the date, here's a flyer, send it, this is what you do, ask him how he's doing, get some fathers to love on him, prayer time, anything else, make sure you give him the floor to talk, boom. Because I think sometimes you gotta deliver it easy, you know, if I go, hey, can you do research on a father blessing, can you do, nope, this is a date, Friday, this time, here's his Zoom link. Here's the Zoom link. Like, even that, you know, let me make you the host. And then I checked out. I wasn't involved in it. And I think for my husband, I think that experience opened him of like, wow, like, we don't really talk about this. And so it wasn't like, you know, my experience, like, oh, my God, they shower me, love, da, da, da. His was like, um, what's going on, guys? You know, like, it was different. It wasn't. It was like, wow, how do I, um, like with men that he knows and is close to, no one is asking them these questions. So they don't know how to respond. 
or they don't know like or like simple stuff like yeah i don't even remember how to change a diaper like yeah i don't think i really did that because i was at work so it was like a different different time where my husband's like yo karen had us you know practicing doing the diaper change i got it down how did y'all do and they like didn't know and so it was interesting about like involvement right they were like yo we want to acknowledge carvin you want to be an involved dad you know <laughs> we just want to acknowledge that um and even like when he was telling them like yeah the placenta like giving them you know talking to them about different words and like um we had took a um a, a birthing class together where we didn't um I'm trying to think where we we basically had to write down like during labor you know what do we want to do what does it look like and one of the things during the pandemic is comedies like we just wanted to laugh a lot and so my husband was like okay i'm gonna memorize um cat williams and dave chappelle comedy so that i can deliver to her you know and that's part of our birth story like i literally laughed my way into labor off of a dave chappelle joke <laughs> you know like so like that preparation where we're really thinking about things and so he's asking these fathers these questions and they like they don't know and then also it's different because like we're having a home birth no one ever had that and so it was it was very much like okay i need to ask different questions to my friends I need to like teach them how to ask me certain questions, right? I need to teach them in a way in which that's gonna allow me to open up, right? Like ask them what was difficult for me during this pregnancy? Um, what are my fears having a black son in America right now? What are my fears of, you know, being in the entertainment industry and it's literally non-existent right now? Like, what does that mean to be a father, to be a provider, to be at home, you know, what is, those all those identities and all those questions and so i feel like his blessing his father blessing way was like an opening to deeper and bigger conversations with his um father friends where mine was like so affirming and it just grounded me we often talk about how fathers are focused in on the provision how do i do that right and they get kind of stuck like what makes this great father right for your husband it seems like the first thing that came to him was going along every step with you, even recognizing the absence of your father. He had an opportunity to bring whatever his fatherhood experience was and take what he knew of yours and create something that when he is among these other men discussing pregnancy and birth, he had a lot of silence because the other men didn't know what was going on with their partners. Um, Something I did want to ask Karen was kind of how you helped to balance that, right? Like helping partners and um, birthing folks kind of balance their needs when you're supporting them. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, one of the things that I always say in my, you know, even before I book clients is, you know, my job isn't to come in and to replace the role of a partner, you know, the role in this case of Carvin's lessons has been you know, my job is to come alongside you to support both of you, because this is very much an experience that you both are, are in, you know, and you're both going to be experiencing it differently. Um, and so that's from the jump. That's something that is really important to me is partners feeling like they have an active role. Right. And they're able to participate in the capacity that they feel comfortable. Um, and so in our prenatals, we talk, I, I always check in with both of you know, birthing person and partner. I think it's important to, especially in the year that we had last year, to really just sit and, you know, allow time for both people to share 
whatever, you know, it doesn't even have to be about the pregnancy. It's just like really where, where they're at, you know, just some emotional check-in. So I love doing that. And even, you know, after the baby, you know, I've done some postpartum work with them and just to be able to sit with both of them and just to sit and talk. I mean, it, it means a lot to me that they, that they trust me enough. We've built this relationship, but I think even in that work too, it's important to do these check-ins, you know, people, we need connection, especially now. And so in our prenatals, we talk through, you know, what my role looks like, what you as a partner, what your role looks like, what are your goals? What are the things that you're wanting to do? How are you wanting to support? Some partners really want to be hands-on and some don't, and that's okay. And that's why I'm there, right? I'm there to kind of step in and fill the need if, if that's what I need to do. Right. Um, and I very much am a firm believer in, in educating my couples, whether we do like some type of extensive education or just just have these conversations about like, well, this is what this looks like, you know, and this is, it doesn't have to be the way your parents did it. It doesn't have to be how your friends did it. Like this is very much going to be your own unique experience. And we kind of have this blank slate of, what support can look like. It really is just about you and you're, we're, we're getting personalities together. Um, what do you feel in your research? What do you feel like you're really gravitating towards? Like these are all the different things that we're incorporating and is, is really important to me. And that that's part of the reason why every couple that I work with is really just such a special thing, you know, because it doesn't look the same ever, ever. It's all different. So true. So very true. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to add to that. I was going to say during pregnancy, I think one of the things that Carvin and I did was talk to our parents about like hearing our birth story. So asking my mom, asking my dad, you know, and vice versa. And it was just so interesting of like, my mom's like, well, I can't get that. You know, he just couldn't, he, he was doing too much. And, you know, my aunt was there holding her hand. And like Carvin's mom, Carvin's mom um, had a C-section and, you know, his dad's like, I was there. I fed you bottles. You know, I changed the diaper. So it was just like such a staunch difference um, because like Carvin's family, like the mom, like she had to go back to work, you know, and his dad was working. So one did the daytime, one did the nighttime. But his dad was like very like, you could hear in his voice, he had so much pride of like, I said the formula, I gave it. Whereas, you know, my mom and dad, it was like my mom and her friends and her sisters. My mom has, you know, five, three, four other siblings. So it was like her sisters were there for her. But like my dad was like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I could fit in, if, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, or trying to fit in and doing it wrong or not doing the way that my mom wants it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then I think it was just interesting to hear these two different stories, but see how they um, like impact and play on different ways. So when, you know, we were, I'm breastfeeding my son Judah, his dad would constantly say, you need to feed him food, he needs formula. And it's like, because he grew up in a time where that's what he did, you know, all carbon siblings have our formula fed in bottles. We're like, he, we don't do that, you know? And then with um, my mom, I, I think it's interesting. Like she was like, oh my gosh, you had a birth experience at home. I never seen a birth, you know, where like she was, you know, young and, you know, it was very painful. And she was like, you know, doctors tried to give me a mirror and I didn't want to see it. And so like when I, you know, showed her my birth, she was like in tears because she'd never seen a birth. So it was like this, this healing thing that kind of happened. 
with my own birth um, experience and then thinking about her birth experience and even me asking her those questions, I felt like, wow, like I never knew that. I never knew that, you know, before me, my mom had a miscarriage and then got pregnant right away. So I'm her rainbow child, you know? I never knew that, um, you know, just the different things that my dad felt that like he remembers being at the hospital watching my little cousin because, you know, my aunt was in the room, you know, like these are the things that he remembers. And so I think it was, it was interesting to hear where they were, where, where we are, if that makes sense. You did a lot of preparation for birth. Um, you got a doula, a midwife, you read your books, you had the conversations with your parents about what birth has looked like for your family. Was there anything else you did? <laughs> Things like you did everything. You know I did all the things. <laughs> I mean, so my midwife and her midwife assistant, um, Bliss Young and Hayes, um, they did a class together called the Innate Journey, and that was six weeks, four weeks, because of pandemic. I think everything got shortened, so I think it was four Sundays. But that was like what four hours long, five hours long. It was a whole. It was it was a whole thing. Um, like 10 to 3, I think, 11. It was really long, um, but it was so beautiful, so worth it. Um, but I would say that, um, so I, I read a lot of books, right? So like Mindful Birth, Birthing from Within. So it was, it was you know, some things from there. So I, I was good at it. I was good at it because my husband didn't read those books. So I had to explain everything. And it was a group setting. He got to meet other fathers. Um, so like, for example, um, asking different questions about what do we think it's going to look like after the baby so we had a, like a draw like a, i think it was a pie chart like what what are the different percentages sleep baby crying you know what do we think and so it's very interesting to see us and then other couples staring like you know one couple like i'm gonna get all this sleep and i'm gonna be working and then the, the wife is like you think you're gonna be working you know like <laughs> so it was like really interesting to, to see like oh, okay, like, we need to adjust, you know, like, I'm just having those conversations about, like, what does work look like? What does sleep look like? I thought people don't sleep. So, you know, like, how do we adjust that? Um, and also, I, so that class was really great. It was it so much, it, it prepared us, but it also asked those difficult questions, like, what does help look like during postpartum? So um, one thing that I did, which I got from another friend in New York, she, she literally, okay, I'm about to tell you, it's real extreme. She has a PDF, like a document. Now, mind you, she's a doula, but before, was it? No, she was a doula. This is a first baby. She had a, a PDF document that she gave to her family that was very specific what help looks like, what foods I would like to eat. Let me tell you, I did the same thing. Okay, so she gave me the blueprint, and then I was like, I need to be specific. So, what I'm not going to do is eat a whole bunch of restaurant food, but what I will do is the chef that my friends found for the virtual baby shower, she does meal prep, um, like, yeah, meals for the week. So let me delegate to my two friends in other states to get money together for my friends and family to create a meal train from one person, one chef. And I, you know, use my first 40 days book, you know, did some reading. Okay, let me get my bone broth and my warm stuff. And, you know, created a menu, but also got it with my husband. So, you know, we had some chicken and, you know, we had some food, you know, I was starting to be like, no meat, you know, but we, we did it, we did it. And um, so that was great. That was like five weeks, six weeks. It was amazing. 
And then, you know, we were trying to get more weeks, you know. She was like, oh, I'm so busy. You know, Chef Kiki shout out to her, but she got booked <laughs> and busy. So, yeah, that was the end of that. But it was so helpful. So it had the, the meal prep in there, or the, the plans of meals. And then I had, like, um, what was it? Like, when people come, what does help look like? Doing the dishes, doing the laundry, folding the laundry, um, getting my smoothies. Like, I literally, my um, when I was uh, nesting, I labeled everything in the pantry. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, these boxes, and it says, like, seasoning, <laughs> boxes of greens. And I was just like, they need to know where stuff is. <laughs> so I had that, and I literally bought one of those, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday chill things for like my smoothie <laughs> and I like made a video and I was like this is how you make my smoothies because I literally couldn't swallow a pill during pregnancy I was just like gag the whole time so to this day I still take my prenatal pills and all my vitamins in the smoothie and so they were helping making the smoothies and then so yeah just being very very thorough about health because there'll be so many friends I was like you know I didn't know what I needed at the time or like I wish I had help and I was like I want all the help and let me be real clear about what it looks like, like going to the store, um, bringing me a salad, like cleaning the fridge, like just very specific things that was so helpful. Or even like, yo, can you come over and just talk to me? Like, just talk to me for a little bit. And so I think my friend sharing that PDF was really eye-opening and really helpful. And so me trying to create my own, especially because all my family's out of state. So I think I positioned it as, man, if you were here, you would make those mails. So can you donate so that someone else can make these mails? Or position it of, my friend's here for two weeks. Um, you know, we're going to put her up in a hotel so she can quarantine. We're going to pay for a test. Then she's going to be with us. And during that time, like, she adjusted her schedule so that she didn't have to work. Or, you know, like, she adjusted the phone call so that literally she was just all hands on deck of, like, okay, I'm going to, you know, Cause you know, heat up the food, bring it down. Because I did do like 21 days laying in, like in the bed, like straight bed, bath, or bathroom, which was so hard. Okay, let's talk about 40 days. That was so hard. My legs are going numb. I was like hitting my legs and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm so active. Mind you, my whole pregnancy, working out after the first trimester, I taught three classes online, hit workouts for an hour. And then just like 38 weeks hit, and I was like, yeah, mm -mm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, everything hurts. The the the, the round ligaments, the bracket, not Braxton Hicks, what was it? Uh, what was it called? No, I'm going like, maybe it was a Braxton Hicks. Just everything was just hurting at that time. So I was like, pump the brakes on the activity. But that laying in bed, they don't tell you. They do not tell you. I was like, I feel like I need to move. And then, you know, of course, Karen was like, then you should probably move. Like, if that's just the you know? so, so it was a big deal. I'm trying to, I can't remember what day it was, but it was a big deal when I got up and I went upstairs. And I took the elevator in our apartment building. I left and took the elevator. But I went to the upstairs of the house that I hadn't seen in like a whole month. And I seen the kitchen and I seen the TV and it was amazing. So, yeah. Listen, this is going to be the episode I play for all my clients. Like, y'all want to prepared, informed, ready to go? Leslie's got y'all covered, okay? <laughs>
Yes. Like fully ready for it all as much as possible, right? There's so many things that are still out of our control, but like just being informed about all of your options and all of the ways that you can get support here for it, here for it. I'm also, yes, my P, my um, type A self was like, that PDF, <laughs> send me a copy, okay? <laughs> Yo, I want a copy of the PDF, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. We're ready. We're prepared. Tell us about your birth. All right. Um, let's. So I was a week late in one day, and the the day before that weekend before was all anxiety. Like, okay, am I gonna have to pull out the castor oil? Am I gonna have to take some herb? Like, what are, you know? What am I gonna have to do? Because I really don't want to have to go to the hospital. Um, and and literally, like, as I'm wearing that night, my and please can chime in because I might mess up something. So that night, the mucus plug, there you go. the mucus plug happened. And um, my midwife said, okay, go to sleep. You know, just try to rest because that doesn't necessarily mean the onset of labor. And so I just went to sleep. I was very excited. Like, oh my gosh, you know, kind of through the reasons I was excited, but I did not wake up my husband. I let him sleep. And in the morning, I was like, babe, don't react crazy. You know, I was like, don't be alone. And my mucus plug. Like, <laughs> say it really calm. And um, so, yeah, that, that was the day. Um, and then, so, yeah, that was Monday night into Tuesday. And just walking. I think I walked for two hours. Like, I was just walking. I feel like a friend told me if I scrubbed the toilet, scrubbed, like, the um, the bathtub, it could help because you're bending over. So I think I cleaned the bathtub. Like, I was just doing all the things. And um, it was at nighttime, I think like 8 p.m., around 8 p.m., my husband was telling the Dave Chappelle joke. And I literally started laughing. And I was like, oh, my stomach hurts. And then like felt some, you know, grumbling, whatever. And I was like, keep walking. I was like, oh, again. And then, then, you know, it happened again. I think it had to be like maybe 15 minutes apart, something like farther. But it was like, oh, this is rhythmic. Okay. You know, like, okay. Like, did you get download the the app with the for the contractions? You know, he's like, no, I forgot. And I was like, you have to download the app. You know, real dramatic. Um, so he downloaded the app, and then my friend also was timing it and stuff like that. So I was like trying to breathe into it, you know, trying to walk through it. Like we're okay. Um, but then I think when it started to progress and be more difficult. That's when it was like all breath work. That's when it was like, okay, I got to breathe into this. And then I was hot. I, was like, I remember taking off my clothes. Um, and yeah, and then I, I don't remember everything, but I just, I remember that it was nighttime. I had pajamas on or it was like pajama shirt and like was on the, the exercise ball, kind of like swaying side to side. Um, and I would say like my husband was right by my side and my best friend Camille came in town and she was right by my side. And I think they were just like, holding me you know like holding space for breathing um and it was such like a spiritual experience like I just I don't maybe I I wasn't I hadn't been in people's birth I've only seen one birth but it was so spiritual like it felt such like an out-of-body experience like I couldn't control what was happening you know in my in my belly and the movement um and my background as a mover and dancer like I just there was a sway that just happened and it was like a the words were like relax, release, 
you know, I think that kept coming up and swaying on my hips and trying to just breathe down and anchor myself to surrender. Um, and one thing that Karen said that has stuck with me, like throughout pregnancy and, and on it beyond is you can do hard things. And I think that you don't even know, Karen, that, I mean, I'm not going to cry, but to this day, postpartum, you can do hard things, you know, having this baby, you can do hard things, you know, like it's still, it still is on. And so I just remember thinking about that throughout the pregnancy, I mean, throughout the labor. And so I think, I think Carmen's reached out to you um, and was like, okay, it's progressing. I don't remember if it was four women, one, five women. I don't remember. You let me know. <laughs> Chime in, please. No, that is, that's right. I mean, I want to hear, this is your perspective, right? Because we, I got a different, I got a different journey than I'm yes, on. So. Yes, yes, Okay, okay. I can't wait to hear what, what you, okay. So, Kyra hits up Karen. Karen comes. She's MVP. Just comes right in. Like, I think my labor, I was facing the wall, breathing with my eyes closed and swaying side to side. So, swaying as the contractions would come, I would try to like bend my legs down to release and then come up when it was a breath. And I had these um, affirmations. One of them said like, it only lasts 60 seconds, you know? And so I was like trying to just get there, swipe, swipe, swipe. Then, you know, more intense, lots of breathing. I had a lot of back pain. And so they were giving me counter pressure, uh, pressing up against my back. Um, hours went by. Then midwife comes, I'm like, What's going on? Please check me. You know, she's like, baby's right there. So they get the they get the pool ready. I'm in the pool. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm laid back, breathing. I don't feel anything. So literally, the water birth or the the pool literally just slowed down my contractions, gave me a lot of comfort, but could not really feel anything. And I think I was in there for hours trying to just breathe and push. And I would say it was the pre-work of accepting that the baby, he will come how he wants to. It might not be in the pool and I have to be okay with that. And so I was like, yeah, I don't want to be in here anymore. So I got up out of the pool and then like, it was a hallway of um, our, our, our downstairs. And I spent a lot of time like squatting like bending down because in the pool my midwife was like you know reach down you can feel your baby and I was like okay like he's right there like what's going on but it was the the pushing the transition phase it just was not coming and so that motion of up and down like within my body of just like pushing down like hungering down squatting down so I was literally squatting and I was like holding for dear life Karen's arm as I'm squatting and like holding my husband and they give me counter pressure and I'm squatting and it's just like so hard so by this time it's the next day right so start at 8 p.m we're like one two in the morning the next day at 3 a.m and in my head I'm like so this I'm about to be the transfer patient okay like my midwife don't know I'm about to be the transfer client because I can't do it out loud I'm like let's go baby boy I can't wait to see you come on you know I'm like out loud I'm trying to like coach myself like you can do this and I remember even during the time I think I was like you guys just give me some information just just remind me just tell me I can do this you know um and yeah and then I'm, I'm squatting in the hallway um 
think I think before that my water had broke and that that to me was interesting too. It was like warm and I was like I was like water water and so they were like bringing me my water bottle because that was something I put in the PDF like please continue to offer me water because a lot of times people have to transfer because they're dehydrated and they're tired and just bring me water. So they're bringing me water and I was like no water down there you know so that happened very warm but everything I just felt like it would happen and then someone would just be there to clean it up like I didn't even see or notice I was just in the zone of like breathing and being in tone tune with my body and um I feel like my husband had a playlist but I could not listen to anything but instrumental music it was like instrumental worship was just on the whole time and I just um remember like feeling so discouraged of like man I don't even know how long I've been doing this but like I don't feel a change like I felt like the pushing that I was doing and 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 hunkering down in the squats like was not helping but I remember like every little thing helps like everything is like snowballing to me seeing my son and um my back hurt the most like I don't really remember like like as far as the contractions go, it was just the back. Like the contractions, I was like, okay, I can deal with this. I can breathe that. The back, like push harder, push harder. And then um, my midwife had these um, electric things. I can't even think of the name right now, but she put them in the back. There we go. And she put me in the back. Uh, she was like, let's just get you some rest. So in the bathroom, I like had a pillow, laid down on the toilet. My husband laid down next to me on the floor. And I think I went to sleep for like 15 or 20 minutes. I have no idea how I was able to go to sleep. And I woke up, um, they had the pool. I went back in the pool. This is the next day. This is like 9 a.m., 9.30. And they started, you know, warming it up. I'm trying to breathe, you know, contractions are slowing down. And she's like, you have two options. My midwife, she's like, I can give you some herbs and it can start your contractions again. We can start pushing again. Or we can just, you know, get you some food, get you some rest, and we can, you know, be in the pool, relax, get, maybe take another nap, whatever you need, and, you know, continue the process. But later, I was like, give me those herbs. Took that shot, got out that pool, and was like, come on, let's do this. And this was like pushing, um, still doing my squat, downward motion. Um, and then after some time, she was like, let's try a, a, uh, why am I going blank right now? Let's try a stool. Thank you. Thank you. This is how you hit Karen. Okay, MVP. Let's try the birth stool. Put the birth stool underneath me. And I was like, this is this is really helping. Like I felt like I was open or wide enough if that makes sense. Um we had a mirror. Um she kept saying like you know reach down reach down and i was like it was this, this weird feeling of like okay i'm pushing i'm pushing but it's excruciating because now he has transition and it was like coning and i like felt the freaking fire okay some people say they don't feel it and they're like hold just stop pushing and they're like we're gonna change the rate. and i'm like i'm about to fall out of this story. at this point i feel like i'm about to pass out because this point it hurts the most and i'm like we were right there. Why would we stop? And then, you know, not during the moment, but later you're like, breathe. And then, oh, this is another big thing. And I, I think I can share this. I had heard that someone had split front to back. And so I really wanted to protect the front. And so 
so I was holding down with friends and they were like, don't push. And they were like trying to give me like, you know, hot compress for the back. It was too hot. And I was just like breathing and I just kept thinking, protect the front, protect the front. Like I just really, you know, didn't want to tear from front to back. And so they came in, signed the baby's heartbeat, but they were like, or I think it was like trouble, like with the trouble with the machine of it. But they were like, he's right there, you know, catch your breath. Um, but and then I just felt like I couldn't. I didn't know how to breathe. I was like, do I inhale through my nose? Do I gulp with my mouth? Like I literally had to ask that because I just I was so out of it. And they're like, okay, we want you to gulp with your mouth and like push down, like you're pooping, you know, like hunker down. I'm like, okay, mouth. Okay, like it literally, I felt like I needed to be coached how to breathe at that point. And then literally the uh, the birth ejection, I think that's what it's called, like literally just like happened. And uh, right before that, my baby was like, put your arms down. And like, I caught him and like pulled up and it was like so crazy. And I was just like relieved, like definitely like there was a release that happened. And I'm like holding him and I'm like, Oh my god! And then you know, I'm trying to rub him like, where's the cry at? You know, where's the cry? Um, but I was just like so blown away. My husband's crying. He's right next to me, and I just, I just couldn't believe that I did it at home. Like I just, I still can't believe that I have a birth story at home. Like it still blows my mind. For so many years, I listened to other people. For so much time, I just, I didn't know what could happen for me, and I just. They just didn't know like what it would look like. Would I be scared? Would I be too scared? Would I need to transfer? What could my body do? Like I just had so many fears that like the release and then holding my son was just so heaven-like, rewarding, um, peace, and like such of like trust your body. And we walked to the other room because we birthed in the nursery. Um, Cause I just um, had this idea that I was going to be in his space. Um, so we walked to our room and laid down and then the placenta came. Um, and I would say that um, what was, yeah, that took a long time, which I was surprised about. And then I was going to say, um, I did when I went to the bathroom for the first time, I like felt like I was going to faint. And so midwife prepared, she had like oxygen masks and stuff like that. So that really helped. But that was like the one like, oh, okay, um, am I okay? Um, and they're like, let's get her some food. Um, and so after that, it was like really helpful, had food, was very supportive. Um, and just that time just felt so long. Like laying in bed, baby on chest, like car doing skin to skin, everyone's around taking photos. And mind you, I had Karen, Mama Three, uh, Midwife Assistant Hayes, Mama Three, my Midwife Bliss, Mama Three. It was just like something about these amazing women with these amazing birth stories, all different hospitals, birthing center at home, all of that was just in that space. So I felt very held. I felt like I had, like, I was held down in a community of women. And um, yeah, that, that time, that was like so precious. Like those first hours were like so precious. Come on, home birth story. Yes. 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 You know, it's something so powerful. Like when you hear people talk about the, like, you know, 
someone was so in tune to their experience when they describe it as an out-of-body experience, right? Like that's when I know people have like tapped into their birth because they're like they are in that other realm and watching and holding space for themselves for it all to unfold. Um, and it's was also just beautiful to hear how your birth team supported you through that. Let you let you baby and your body kind of take the time that it needed. Um, so like you said, for this baby to come, however, the baby needed to come. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Karen, you got anything to add? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like the details of what she remembers, I feel like are, are really beautiful and sacred, right? I don't want to, I don't want to shift any of that. I think from my perspective, I will share. She is. Yes. And to witness that out-of-body experience that she is describing from my angle was just, I mean, it was such a beautiful thing. And because, you know, Leslie's, she's special. She's one of my special clients. I mean, I think all my clients are special, but we had journeyed together since really the beginning. Before the pandemic, she's still very like, I just came out of her first trimester, right? So we had journeyed this entire pregnancy. And so there is just like a different kind of almost a bond that I already felt to her, you know, in this moment, like just like this proud mama bear, like I'm watching all of this unfold. But there were a few moments, I mean, honestly, there are a few moments I would just sit back and watch her. Carvins was there supporting her. Camille was there supporting her, her best friend. And I was just like... This is so beautiful. I'm just going to sit and enjoy this. (laughs) Um, But it is, she was, she very much just kind of gave in to what was happening. You know, she didn't try to fight against the waves. She didn't try to, um, you know, have control over everything. She really just gave into the moment, which really, I think, contributed to the progress the, the the way that it kind of progressed, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing to see all this prep work that she had done and her just being, okay, this is what, this is what I need to do, right? I'm going to move my body in this way. I'm going to just listen and be one with myself. And it was, it was just a beautiful, I can't even, I can't even describe it really. It was just such a beautiful thing to witness. It was a beautiful gift honestly from from this perspective to see clients come together to see like this couple who I've journeyed with for so long be one with each other to see my client be one with herself and really in tune with what her body needed in the moment what what she thinks she felt like her baby was you know asking of her in that moment I think it was just such a a special special birth um, she's a freaking warrior. First of all, can I, and listen, when she said she was squatting, she, she was squatting like for hours and hours, we were supporting one. We had one person was behind her. I was in the front and she was powering through squat after squat, push after push. I'm like, yo, okay. Okay. We're going to do it. So I, I mean, there's just so many layers. There's so many layers of like how 
proud and how like honored I am to have been in that space and to watch her navigate this journey is such a beautiful thing. Um, and I, it didn't take as long as she, she thinks. <laughs> it really, I, know, of course, <laughs> I mean, of course, in the moment, right, you feel like, God, this is never going to end. But I mean, it just moves so beautifully and so rhythmically. And that, again, is a testament to how much she just let go. And she just was like, okay, I'm here. I'm gonna let my body do what it needs to do. I'm gonna let my body rest when it needs to rest. That time in the pool, she just, she knocked out for a little bit. She needed that. That time on the toilet, she needed that. And I think those moments are also really important in birth because our bodies will naturally, right, give us kind of these windows of like, look, you need to rest right now. And we're not always in tune with that. And that's okay, right? We, you know, sometimes it doesn't look like that. But the more that we can really embrace that, it kind of just makes that process smoother. And she very much embraced that, um, which was also, again, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, all right, yes, yes, you should rest. You want to rest? Go for it. You know, it was just, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a beautiful thing. All that to say. Beautiful. I had no idea you were like sitting back there because to me, Karen was like MVP coach. She was just like, everything I needed. I felt like my back, she'd be like, right there. You know, if I was like, if I was like, oh, I'm, oh here's a cracker. You know, it's just like, I just felt like she was so in tune with what I needed that like I never had to like ask or if I was about to ask, it was already there. And like, I think the same with my husband. Like when my husband was like, you know, I'm about to tap out, I didn't even feel the transfer of like Karen to, to my husband. Like it was just always someone was pushing on my back. Like there was always somebody there. So such a smooth transition of like, yo, Carve needs a break. Okay, Karen's there. Karen needs a, you know, like I did, I had no idea. I just always felt so supported. Always felt like there's always someone to my right and my left or my friend and my, like there was always someone there and it's what I needed. And I, um, yeah, I, I was like, yo, MVP coach goes to Karen, okay? MVP, because like when I look at the pictures or the video, like y'all were right there. And I needed to be held in that space. Like I needed, you know, um, hands or um, yeah, like help out of the pool or whatever that looked like. Like it's like y'all were there the whole time. And I think that also goes back to though, the intimacy that you allowed for you all's relationship to be and what we hope you allow your birth team to, to be for you. It is birth is sacred and you want to be able to have people who can honor that and really be in tune. And I think when you're able to build that relationship, like you did early on, it made everything flow in that way, you know? Um, and that's what you, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we are able to have you both kind of share that because it, it then allows other people listening to know how powerful their relationship with their birth team and their doulas can be and why, you know, it, it's so wonderful when you're able to have a support system like that, the power that's in that, right? Yeah, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Geeking out over here, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, can you tell us about postpartum? How has postpartum been for you? Very challenging. You know, you read all the books. I feel like so prepared for birth and labor. 
postpartum. I got that right. Wrong. What a doozy. So challenging. Still so talent. Still figure out like I'm navigating it. Because I think it's like the birth, like you give birth and you want to celebrate, like I gave birth, my son, but it was like recovery, you know, laying in bed, food, breath. It was like so many things at one time. And so just like overwhelmed would be the word, but then like so emotional with joy. Like I would look at my son and me and my husband, we just like start crying. Not like out of sadness of like joy and like legacy and generations and future. Like it was so many things that were coming up. And so there's just like, oh my gosh, we have a son. This is amazing. I wonder what he's going to be. And then like we waited a day to name him. So then it was like, what is his name going to be? Like, so there was this, yeah, postpartum has been challenging. And I would say that, again, asking for help and support. So I'm continuing to do that, which is helping. Um, taking like little stuff. Did I have breakfast? Did I take my vitamins? Like, did those two things happen? Because I will be a better mom, better wife, better Leslie if those things happen. Um and, you know, one of my friends, I called her, she was like, just try to do one thing, right? If it's a shower, if it's, you know, you went outside, like, try to do one. I'm over here. I got to do two, three things. Like, I'm trying to shower, walk outside, and go to Target. No, girl, you can't do all those things. <laughs> but that that was hard for me because, you know, I'm moving and shaking, busybody. And it's like, did you did you do one thing? And so I think there's that. Um, I think... It sleep like just so much still kind of navigate. Um, and then I think because I'm a personal trainer and fitness trainer, like the body change, right? To me, has been the most um, dramatic or mourning over. If that makes sense. Like I definitely prepared, right? Like yeah, my body's gonna expand. You know, I'm taking pictures. I got stretch marks on my side. I'm like yes, this is it. This is it. But then it was like after birth, it looked different. And I like didn't prepare myself for the after birth change. I, I prepared myself for during the birth changes, if that makes sense. Like I'm like, yeah, like my body's gonna stretch, like my skin's gonna look different. But I think my mind, whether it's, you know, this culture of snapback and well, you exercise through your pregnancy, you should be fine. And really for me, it was like every time I would take a bath, I was just like, I don't recognize myself. I don't know if I like that part of me. I don't know how to embrace this new woman, this new body. And so I felt like that to me has been the most challenging about postpartum, especially with like, I work out in my sports bra. Now I'm like, I work out with two shirts on, you know, like it's, it's different and trying to like be okay with where I am and also not, what's the word, like, like, just going back to like when I trained other clients and realizing, wow, like how insensitive was I when I said, embrace your body? You know, like how I was trying to coach them. I'm like, girl, you just had a baby. It's okay. I don't want to hear that. So like, I literally feel like because I went through my own experience now, I feel so um, like not just convicted, but just feel like the words in which and the way I want to train clients in the future are going to look so different for those pre and postnatal clients. Um, because I just have such a, a perspective and such like respect and such like of like, you know, people are like, well, I'm two years postpartum, girl, I get that versus, but you're baby two years old, you know? So it's like, 
it's a different perspective when you're, you know, going through it and in it. And so I think that that's kind of where I am on postpartum. I think it's been challenging and the body image for me has been personally the hardest um, with doing so used to being fit, so used to moving um, and not moving the same and not looking the same and not um, telling myself like, I'm different and that's okay. And like really, really re-loving my body, if that makes sense. Like that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's a honest part of the, the journey of motherhood and postpartum that we sometimes keep to ourselves, like learning to re-love wherever we're at on that journey of postpartum because postpartum is forever we say here it's forever and you're constantly <laughs> relearning and reloving whatever it is your body your mind where you are at on your journey but um yeah it's i i do feel like the the body part is a tough one cuz it's it's always shifting on that journey you know as your children grow your body changes too and and like you said it's like we have all this mindset of like what it's like holding our children and then like we know it's going to be a little different after we have them but then it's like after that part's over wait what (laughs) I don't I was I I didn't know that this is what (laughs) wait (laughs) um so yeah that's for sure yep so I really am thankful for you sharing that is there anything else that either of you would like to share from the birth, from advice, just anything else you want to leave our listeners with? I guess I would say um, two things. I guess one is um, trusting your body during pregnancy overflows when you become a mother. So when you can do that during birth, it will help when you become a mom because it just continues. Um, and trusting in the form of like, you know, when you're pregnant, you're like, is the baby okay? Like, how can you like do a body scan? Are you okay? Cause your baby's okay. You know, like simple stuff like that, I think has come in handy now. Okay. He's crying, you know, okay. I fed him, whatever, you know, like just really checking in because I can totally see myself going to, you know, overwhelm, anxiety, hyper mom, let's go to the doctor. Let's go to the, like, I can see that happening. Um, and so it's like a constant grounding of like, remember when you was pregnant during a pandemic and you trust your body just enough. Or like, remember when you birthed your baby? Okay. Like you can do hard things. Um, and then the second thing I was going to say is I think because my midwife, um, had a group of all her clients like we did a weekly call so I was just surrounded by like home birth I forgot I'm the one percent in America in the United States like so would you consider what if you healthy individual pregnant person could give birth in the comfort of your home what if what if because I keep, I forget that what I'm saying is, not, I don't know if the word's radical, but I forget, like, saying, stating that, like, I want a home birth is not the norm. <clears throat> because I have told myself 
that it is normal to have a home birth versus abnormal to be outside of the hospital. And so I guess my 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 question is just wondering like what if and now I'm not saying everyone has to do that but home, like maybe a birthing center like could you interview a midwife you know like I just I I just want to um press in the possibility of something else. Thank you. Thank you so much both of you. Thank you Leslie. I'm I'm so empowered by by your story, by your experience. Um, and I'm not even, I'm, I've told myself as of now, I'm done with giving birth to children. But I feel like, yes, I can do hard things. And I'm taking that with me <laughs> today during bedtime. Like, we got this. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm extremely, 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 we are extremely grateful. And, and just thank you so much. So. I'm going to stop recording. Can I share one thing? Yes. Come on, Karen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, as a doula, I think, I mean, there are so many different reasons why I do what I do. And I, I love it. <laughs> um, I love this work, but I, you know, as a woman of color, I, it has become really important to me over the the last few years, especially that birthing people of color have access to doulas. And so my encouragement would be to those that are listening out there that feel like this is not accessible to me. It is. And I would encourage you to really to do some research and to find, I mean, there are organizations throughout our country that wherever you are, like on the financial scale, like there is, there is somebody out there to support you because I truly believe that everybody should have doula support. And Everybody, everybody, every birthing person can benefit from having, you know, someone there by their side, cheering them on throughout pregnancy, but especially during birth. So, um, yeah, that's my encouragement. My little, my two cents there. If you can reach out to people in your community, there is more than likely somebody who is well in excess to you. So, all right, I'm done. Thank you. And we will make sure that your information is in the show notes. Okay. Um. <laughs> Listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 